The Holistic Jam podcast with Anita Denise is for you if you are open-minded and wanting to deepen your awareness of all things spiritual. Anita delivers enlightening insights in bite-sized episodes. Hello and welcome to the Holistic Jam podcast, episode six, F for finding lost, missing or stolen animals. As an animal communicator, one of the most difficult areas of animal communication is working with missing, lost or stolen animals. This is also such a painfully difficult time for anyone who has experienced this type of loss with their beloved animal. It can be absolutely heart-wrenching not knowing where they are, who they're with, if they're okay, what's happened to them and if they are still here with us. Sometimes days, months or years can by go by and we still wonder and worry if they're still okay or whether they're still alive and with us. Many questions I'm often asked by animal owners when they've experienced a loss of their own animal. First thing they will ask me is, where is my missing lost animal? Are they still alive? Are they okay? Why did they leave? And sometimes an animal that barely goes out of the house for some reason, just literally goes out of the house and they get lost. Animals that are lost, missing or possibly stolen will not be clear thinking or feeling the way they normally would feel in their normal familiar surroundings for obvious reasons. If you are a person that would try to communicate with your own lost animal, you may find that your own state of mind will not be in the best place to be able to connect and communicate with your own animal. And you may want to consider having some support in this area. Um, I actually lost well, it wasn't me, it was my husband, lost one of my dogs a number of years ago over the forest. And she's a dog that is like glued to your feet. Um, and he turned around for a second and they become separated. And at the time, my friends were saying to me, communicate, communicate with her, find out where she is. But I was so upset and so distraught with worry about her well-being that I was not able to connect with her with a clear mind and a clear heart because my emotions were much too high and was much too much involved in what was taking place um, with her at that time. So what I did was, because animals are very visual, I was able to send her a very clear image of a particular location that we both were very aware of. Now, this was a, um, she walked this area every single day, so she knew it very, very well. And there was a particular pond in the location of where she went missing from. And I was able to very clearly send this, this image of this particular pond. And because, again, even though I was upset, my mind could still see very clearly the image of this particular pond. And this is what I did. And she actually came within... 36 hours, she was spotted in that location. And I'd put lots of posters up. So someone rang and my husband was there very quickly. And we was thankfully we were reunited. But I do, I'm very aware of having experienced this myself, um, just how painful it can be when your animal goes missing. There's just so many questions we that come that come up and emotions that come up. It's it's a very emotionally challenging time. But when we think of our own the animal's mind as well. It's become a very foggy area to work um, when you are closely connected to the animal. So I would suggest if it's something this is you experience and happens to you, I would suggest you get 
outside help, not necessarily mine, but just to get outside help because we can get too involved ourselves with our own animal. And as I said there, my mind, my mind and clarity was was awful at that particular time trying to locate my dog. And I know her mind was also in the same way. So when we're connecting with lost animals that even that don't belong to us, they will that and will still be um will not be in a clear thinking way of their cells and will be in their own home space you know they won't have clarity they'll be worried they'll be anxious they'll be upset they'll be just missing all their home comforts their loves their their dinners their routines so the when we're doing this type of work we have to be very mindful that the clarity of information sometimes is not as perfect as we would hope it to be so it's just about being patient and i like to think of it as also think of an onion and we're peeling away each little layer of information that they give us, peeling away. And also I think it's very important when you do connect with a, a lost or missing animal that we reassure them that their human is doing everything possible to reunite them and get them back home. And I think once you give that reassurance to the animal, it can help them to feel um, a little bit more uh, settled in their self to be able to connect and communicate that mind-to-mind connection with how we start to locate the animals that actually have gone missing. Now, when the animal's gone missing, I always like and people do contact me. I think the most important thing I always ask, first of all, is how long has the animal been missing? Because ideally, the quicker we start to work um, to connect with the animal soon after they've gone missing, it's a better chance of getting that animal back home quicker because they're normally still in the area quite nearby. Um, they, they, they're just off track a little bit here. So it's good. First thing I ask is how long has the animal been missing? Sometimes it's been like just a few hours. Sometimes it's been sort of over a week already. And that does make it a little bit more say difficult, but it's, it's um, a little bit more challenging because we've got a lot more um baggage to be honest from the animal to work through as well so if an animal's been lost a few hours it's it's not probably quite so distraught as an animal's been gone for a week or for a month and then we have the animals that have also been taken um by someone else stolen and sometimes relationship breakups the other partner takes the animal as well so there's lots of reasons why animals are a bit taken away from from their beloved human and looking at a stolen animal area is a bit different to looking for the missed and lost animals because that's generally just a, a mishap that's happened and ideally we can get them back home fairly quickly. Now, with my Amy, who went missing say, many years ago, we found her. Again, five days, she was back home. So, you know, lots of people have good success when working with animal communication and bringing the animal back home in their beloved home space and, and their home comforts. Now, animal communication in any level is about the mind-to-mind connection, whether we're looking for if the animal's feeling, if it's behavioural problems, if the animal's in the spirit world. We always work on that mind-to-mind connection, and it's no different when we're working with lost or missing animals. Now, the connection takes place between mind-to-mind between the communicator and the animal. And as I said earlier, the most important thing is to get an understanding of the state of the mind of the animal when you start to connect, first of all, and reassuring the animal that, you know, all is well, we're looking out there for them, everything's being done, and to hopefully re- reconnect you as quick as possible. There's no simple answer to looking for a missing animal. It just really is about detective work in a way, almost literally stripping away layer by layer where they are, what they see, who's around them, what's around them. Now, again, as mentioned the stolen animal here, a little bit different with, with that, but again, we can still 
work with stolen animal, get an understanding of where they are, who's there with them, and even um, like a, a timeline build up to what's actually taken place with the animal. And on one occasion, I was able to relocate the animal, two animals actually, to, to, to brothers and sisters that was taken, and we found out where they were. Again, it's not something I would spend a lot of time on because it takes a lot of time to re, to do that type of work but it's not impossible if someone's got the time and dedication to really track where the animal's gone to it can be done um there are cases where the animal does not want to be found again this is quite rare but it does happen on occasion where the animal, um some animals especially cats might have two homes um, and then one decides I actually prefer to go around the corner. And this did happen um, fairly recently with a connection that I did. Um, a lady there, she had a lovely cat, loved her cat, and also had a home not far around the corner. But um, she basically, someone came to live in her house and the cat decided for whatever reason it preferred to live around the corner. She was not sure at first where the cat had gone and what the cat was doing. But when I connected with the animal and uh, communicated with the cat and told her where the cat was and told her who the cat cat was with she knew exactly the the human knew exactly where the cat where her cat was and who her cat was with and she actually went around the corner and said to the, to the lady she was fine that, that, that for her to be there with that with, with her new owner she knew the cat was happy she knew the cat was healthy and that's all she needed to know um so that was i thought was a very nice ending to a story because sometimes you know no falls and would come back for whatever reason but this lady you know the cat on its own choosing did want to go and live around the corner. And as far as I'm aware, it's still there now. And then the other question that I'm often asked when this first happens is, are they still alive? Because it's, just, it's the not knowing, I think, is more painful than sometimes the knowing. So there's lots of areas when working for the lost lost animal that we have to sort of delve quite deep when we're looking for it. So if someone comes to me to um, help them locate their missing animal. The first thing I like to do is to gather as much information as possible about the build-up before the animal went missing. So with that, it's like how long? You know, how long has the animal been, been missing? Is it a couple of hours? Is it a few days? Is it a few weeks? And then once I've established the rough idea of time, then it's like uh, I like a small timeline because, again, this helps me and each Animal communicator will have their own way of working, you know, different ways they like prefer to do things. I like a small timeline because, again, it gives me a picture of the animal's day, what it's done, how it's felt, and just so I can then tap into that animal. I can tap into the timeline of the animal and almost become the animal, feel the animal as I work for that, that timeline that I've been given. And then another question I always ask, which was very important for myself, is are there any sightings? Because I think by having the aspect of any sightings, it's really, really good for the human to know that animal has been seen or spotted. It gives us hope. And I think that's why when I, when I know when my own dog was missing, we had a number of sightings and it just it just gave me hope that she would be coming home. And the interesting thing around um, when an animal does go missing and sightings, it was actually my brother, uh, one of my brothers who saw her called her she knows knows my brother but because she'd come a little bit 
feral. She she ran on. She moved on. And um, but I said, my brother felt bad because he said, I saw her. I saw her. I could have picked her up. I said, but no, John. I said, the fact that you just, you saw her has given me hope to carry on looking. So sightings, I feel, are very important because they give the human just that glimmer of light, glimmer of hope that they're still out there. We will find them. We will bring them back home again. So techniques for tracking the lost animal. Now, there's many techniques here that people like to use. Now, the first one that I, that I like to use is I actually um, I use what is called remote viewing. Now, I would I literally like to look through the eyes of the animal. So I don't I don't become the animal, but I almost like blend as much as I can with the animal for the mind to mind connection and communication and look through their eyes. And as I look through their eyes, it's like, what do I see? So I'm using this, this remote viewing to look around me, to see what I can see around me through the animal's eyes. And it's like uh, I'd look for things like um, landmarks. Now, so landmarks for me would be if there's um, a, if I'm in a, a street or a road, there's a blue door. Sometimes I can see a number. You know, I might see a 4-4 four, four or a 1-2 on a door. And that really is, is, is good detail and that comes through. Um, someone asked me once if I could see the name of a road, but I I couldn't see that, I must admit, but I could I, was, I could see the type of road that I was on. So it's, it's again, it's very, very important when working in this way about managing expectations because, you know, obviously humans upset once the animal back, back home with them. And then I've got to sort of also tap into what the, the animal being upset because they want to get back home as well. So looking through the animal's eyes. Now, one occasion, I remember... I, 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 the animal came out the front of the house and I saw the, the, the street door. The animal turned right and ran down the road and didn't run off, just ran down the road. Um, and I could see here particular two houses with these very nice green lawns. And then there was like another right hand turn. So almost like through this animal's eyes, I was on that path watching them. So it's looking through the animal's eyes, looking for landmarks. So we're looking maybe a pillar box here. Is there a, um, a petrol station? Is there a particular store that, they, that may be well known in your area? You know, as a um, department store, is there petrol stations? Are there schools? Sometimes the locations are more remote, in which case it can be a bit more challenging to look for specific landmarks, but we can still look for them because if we go to the forest, for example, I'd look for trees. What type of trees? Are they tall trees, very tall trees? Do they have um, thick trunks? Are they trunks it's much finer trunk on them you know i can see like a pine tree oak tree so get an idea the sort of area that the animal being again through looking through their eyes the locations that they're in are there any buildings are there outbuildings are there any fences so it's looking for for no matter which location the animal is in you can find and look for landmarks through the animal's eyes once i've done that i then start to listen through the animal's ears. So I use their ears, my ears, their ears, mind to mind. And what do I hear? And this is, again, one where I listen with intent because sometimes I like hear children. Now, for me, if I when I hear children, I, I listen to how near the children are because sometimes you could hear, say, children, they might be very close by. And listen, again, intently, strip it away, layer by layer. 
Are they children playing in a garden, in a in a yard outside, in a park nearby? Are they at school where you can hear much more children en masse? So you're looking for the really fine details of every sound that you can hear. Can you hear traffic? If so, is the traffic nearby? Is the traffic in the distance? Again, there's one example. I had here a, a railway track. I could hear um, train tracks and I could hear it was fairly close by. So by the, the sound I could hear, I knew the animal was fairly near the railway station. So again, it's, and this gave the, the human an understanding of when I'm describing the, the forest, the pine tree, the railway track. She knew exactly where to go and look for her animal. It fascinates me, I'll be honest with you, because I just think so to be able to reunite people literally by that mind-to-mind connection with their beloved animal, it just even to this day, it, it still fascinates me um, when it when it really all comes together in that aspect. So we're using our 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 eyes, we're using our ears to hear the sounds around the animal. Again, we're very quiet. But so even, even the quiet space, if you're in a, in, a, in a quiet location, you may hear church bells in the distance. You may hear a clock tower in the distance. There'll be some, even cre- other creatures. There'll be things you can hear. Now, once I've listened to everything I can possibly hear and find, what do I smell? I start to smell what I can smell around the animal. And then this can be quite a good sense to use when we're doing the mind-to-mind communication with the animal because we can get a smell if they're near water maybe, if they're if they're near, um, again, shops or the areas where they're, they're doing cooking outlets where there's direct food available for them. There's so many aspects we can use for our sense of smell to, again, get an indication of where the animal is so if we're looking say someone an animal that may be more in a forest we can smell the damp forest we can smell maybe the, the trees and the mold and all sorts of things and this will help you to understand clearly where you might be able to go and find that animal and the last one i use is what do i feel and when i'm thinking about feeling i'm not thinking about how the animal is feeling itself because i know the animal is also feeling anxious and white and wants to get back home but what i feel here is is it does it feel cold Am I outside? Do I feel hungry? Do I feel, is there any pains? Do I feel hurt? Because sometimes the animal might be, it might be a slight injury. So I'm looking for things like how they're feeling in those details to get a bigger picture overall of how the animal is and where it is. And then it's about asking the animal specific details, you know, questioning the animal about their location. Have they seen people? Has anyone noticed them? Have they heard anyone come calling for them? Because often people go out calling for the animal. And sometimes I can say, yes, they've actually heard you calling them, but you, and you, know, but you moved on too quickly. So we start looking for sort of specific details um, and question them so we can, again, make a much – we start to put all the pieces of a puzzle start to really come together. Now, this is also um, when I – communicate myself animals this is the area i tend to sort of try to go to fairly quickly because i think it's important to again regard expectations if the animal has passed the spirit we need to literally um, identify this really for the human as, as quickly as possible so we need to be sensing the difference and the energetic state and the spirit connection with the body of the animal because for me, when animals go into spirit, it just feels slightly lighter in, in, in its energy as I connect with it. So it's understanding the difference in these states of the animal and the spirit connection. Um, is it still in its human its body or not? So that's, again, a little bit of a sad area of work of the lost and missing animals, but it's an area that we have to look into, an area that does come up. And then once we've found the animal, 
Now, this is, this is obviously the best bit. We've located the animal. We've found the animal. And we know exactly where they roughly are. And on the phone to the, on the phone or on the Zoom to their human, and they, they understand the location, and off they go. Um, sometimes it's, it could be like 20 minutes, 30 minutes before they get there. The animal can move on. Now, this so it can get a bit like disheartening to start off with. Um, but as a communicator, I have to, again, ask their human this first. If the animal is say, road savvy and knows their way home, we can link in with the animal and guide it home so it can find its own way back home. The way I prefer myself is, again, to work on a visual location that both the human know and the animal know so that animal can safely get to a safe location and be spotted and reunited with their human. Because if we've got an animal here that has no road sense and we try to guide it back home to its home, unfortunately something sort of could an accident could happen on its way home. So it's important to sort of really work with the with the animal there, what's best for the animal to get it back with its human, be it linking it and guiding it back home by its own self or asking it to stay in the location where it is. Now, this is where I feel is, is ideally the best one is to try and get the animal to stay in the location where it is, and then the human then can, knows where it is, can go there, and reunited is taken place. But it's really, again, once they've been located and letting the human know where they are, it is time of the essence because you need to get there, I would say, to literally as quickly as possible because the animal it could become hungry, it could be spooked by something, and it then may want to move on again a little bit further afield, and we've got to then start the process off again. But there's good results with working with lost and missing animals. And the percentage, it's not 100%, I will say, true, but it can be quite a good percentage when trying to locate animals. But I think here, if you're considering it yourself, I would do it sooner rather than later, because the sooner we start to look for the animal, the outcome is a lot more positive than, say, leaving it six to six to seven weeks after, which has happened on a couple of occasions. And by then, the animal um, may have been picked up by rescue centres, may have been you know, cat centre, dog centre, rehomed somewhere else, which isn't technically a lost or stuck, it isn't technically then stolen. It's actually been legally in the UK. It's been rehomed somewhere else. It now has got their new home. Um, but as I said, don't give up. If you're in this situation, don't ever give up hope because, as I said, um, animals do come back home. They do get reunited with their their loved ones. And I think it's just the, it's the, it's that, that period in between of the not knowing, which is so painful. And if you feel someone could help you with the, that process, I would say to, um, you know, recommendation from someone you possibly has worked with someone themselves to bring their, their animal back home to them. Um, but be mindful about expectations. It's very important that we manage those when we're working in this area of animal communication. And I'd like to thank you for listening. I've hoped you've enjoyed um, my sharing my uh, journeys on working with lost animals. And even for me today, it's because I experienced that loss myself. It just makes it so more profound for me when I do connect an animal back with a human so thank you for listening and i'll see you on the next podcast thank you for listening to the holistic jam podcast if you have enjoyed listening please do let me know by leaving a review and do not forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform you are welcome to join my animal communication group animal communication with anita denise on facebook i would love you to follow me on social media at anita denise If you would like to know more about working with me, head over to www.anitadenise.com.
Until the next episode, thank you.